0: You're listening to The Wonder Podcast, brought to you by Be The Change Youth Initiative, where we believe everyone should be seen, heard, and loved. We're committed to educating, equipping, and empowering youth to use their lives in advocacy for others. The Wonder Podcast was created to be a space where we truly see and hear one another, because when we listen to people's stories, empathy is cultivated. So we'd like to invite you along with us as we listen and learn from others. This is The Wonder Podcast. Before recording this podcast, I had only met Nadine Bent-Russell once, and it was over Zoom. One of the many things I took away from our first conversation was her gift of encouragement. I gave her a brief summary of our work at Be The Change Youth Initiative, shared some of our struggles and doubts moving forward in our new direction, and with an open heart, she received it all. Nadine acknowledged uh, my frustrations and worries, validated the myriad of feelings I was wrestling with, all the while encouraging me to step into the difficult places I felt called to go. She is that fierce advocate that everyone needs in their life. And for our conversation today, I wanted Nadine to share about her work around the anti-racism conversation, as well as advice she'd give to those who are wanting to navigate conflict and build bridges well. I'm excited for you all to listen to her story and get to know her more. So welcome, friend. Thank you so much for coming on
1: my pleasure it is nothing but a pleasure and an honor to be with you today sydney because i love what you were doing i love that the moment it, your mom told me about it and i met you and i just saw the human being that you are the young woman that you are all the facets that i can appreciate i'm sure there's many that i don't even know but um thank you for what you're doing in the world that's what made me make this happen you know mm-hmm. change things around at a, at the end of a really busy work day because what you're doing matters and it mm. sends out ripples in the world that I would want to be associated with because I, I do choose who mm. I sit with and it's not for comfort, not for my comfort, but if it can give something positive to the world, I'm happy to have the conversation, you know, but if it mm. participates in like toxicity and negativity, I think there's plenty of that out there and I don't need to contribute to it. So I know that's not how you do your work. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm happy to be here with you no matter what hard conversations we have or whatever, yes. it just doesn't have to be toxic, you know? And that's right. what I know you know. So yeah, yes. I'm happy uh, to do it.
0: Yeah, I am so honored you're here. Um, and before we start mm-hmm. any or go any further, would you mind kind of give an introduction to sure. who you are? Sure, sure,
1: Um, So just in the in the realm of being an anti-racist worker, I that's how I see myself. I've always been an anti-racist worker because my family, has every kind of person you can think of in it um, by marriage and by birth, you know? um, Literally, we have Chinese family members, we have East Indian family members, we have Latino family members, we have um, Black American family members, of course, and I'm Jamaican, I was born in Jamaica. And one of the mottos of the country that I come from is out of many, one people. So out of many, one people. And so unity has always been what like was in my breakfast and all of that. So I grew up and I went to college and in college, I realized, man, there's a lot of people who don't relate to who I am as a Black person. So I had to traverse like being an outsider in a community that I felt very much inside of. Um, I had to traverse my friends who were doing this unlearning racism work at UC Davis in the at that time. And it was white people sitting with white people and no people of color were allowed. They just had to work stuff out with each other. And I just thought that was really powerful for 30 years ago, you know? And then um, I raised a whole human being who's 27 years old now and uh just fabulous and very proud of her. And in the course of doing that and influencing her friends and the communities that I've been part of, because I think that anti-racist work is personal work. It's not mm-hmm. like necessarily being out in a campaign. People who listen to me on a regular basis may go, oh, you know, how come she's not out in the street or whatever? I've, I've been out in the street before, but I'm not out, you know, I'm not part of something that wants to tear something down. I want to build people up. Mm-hmm. And that's the protest tradition that I align myself with. And now with everything that happened with George Floyd, people were just like, Nadine, you should start a group. You know, people have asked me to write books, all kinds (laughs) of things. And, you know, really, I just don't want to, you know, I don't want my whole life to be about this conversation, but Mm -hmm. this conversation is about my whole life. Mm -hmm. If you can understand the dichotomy of what that is. So here we are today sitting together because I feel like I have something unique to say. I don't want to be famous. It's not about that. It's about... 30 years of looking at this work specifically besides the passive education I got in it through my family, but 30 years of actually doing this work, research, getting dirty in libraries mm. uh, before everything was online and you know, just understanding things in a broader scope. And so I just don't have um, anger for people who are even hurting. I see they're hurt. They may not see it as hurt, but their anger and their Violence and all of that—that's hurt, unprocessed hurt. But we'll get more into that here. Yeah. We are today. And professionally, I'm a I, I'm a software design program manager, and I really love IT work and technology. That's there's many facets to me, but the geek facet is something I can't go without saying. So
0: I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that, and I'm so excited yep. for people to learn more about what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we start, I always ask my guests kind of three get to know you questions, just random fun questions sure. to ask. Yeah. Um, but the first one is, I've come to really appreciate this question after having traveled the country, um, but East Coast or West Coast, if you have oh, to choose one.
1: Oh, oh
0: everyone <laughs> who
1: knows me, everyone who knows me knows, I can't choose, I cannot, I cannot. I'm gonna do my best. I'll see if I can find some place inside myself about it, but oh no, there's just as many pluses over here as there are pluses Mm. over here. And there are minuses and there are minuses, but (laughs) mostly there are pluses in both places. I have literally lived on both coasts all of my life.
0: Mm.
1: I, you know, like you can find the actual facts of me going back and forth from California (laughs) to New York to California, oh. (laughs) And I'm not even, and I'm not even sure I'm done with either place. So mm, oh, yeah. oh, I can, I can honestly say Sydney, normally I can answer a question. <laughs> this one I'd have to say is a draw, I have to <laughs> honestly, in my heart of hearts,
0: This is like one of those trick questions like it's not meant to be answered I feel like because yeah we lived I mean I lived on the east coast my entire life and then going in the RV went to the west coast for the first time and I fell in love with it but I also still have a like heart for the east coast because that's where I'm from like so it's hard to choose I get it it. yes (laughs) it's very hard to choose
1: for so many reasons for so many reasons. Yes. Oh my gosh. Don't get me started. And that could be a whole hour conversation. Right oh my there. gosh.
0: Honestly, just end the podcast right there. <laughs> oh my There's gosh. There's like something in my heart
1: that's just still even there. I'm just like, oh. I love it. Okay, I love What's it. the
0: next question? Yes, the <laughs> next question. We'll move on to the next question. <laughs> so what are, what is something that you're reading or watching right now? I feel like you can tell a lot about someone from this question.
1: Ooh, I have to tell you. Mm. I, okay. Shh. Tell anyone. one, okay. But I literally binged, not completely because it's five seasons, but huh? the expanse. And and I'm telling you, those who have like a queasy stomach, if you can't just like detach and go, oh, that's movie blood and all that. Oh, yeah. Because it's not super bloody, but it's mm. it's not, it doesn't mm-hmm. skip over some of those things. Yeah. But I'm watching the expanse. Oh my gosh. I'm like, is that good? Well, you know, there's certain things about it that are um that are very usual Hollywood kind of thing yes yes but um you know like the white savior you Mm, know the mm -hmm. you know the neo Mm. like because the matrix is my favorite movie so the expanse is like hmm hmm. yes I don't know where it's going you know so those who are caught up don't don't tell me anything Um, I have friends who's like if we know a good movie just came out it's like if I call they're like, don't say a word. I Oh, you know?
0: yes. I have those I, yeah, friends too, of yeah, course.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so The Expanse. That's what I've been watching.
0: I love it. I love yeah. it. Um, And then last question. If you have one superpower,
1: Ooh. what would it be? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like to, now I've answered this question multiple times, but I like to answer it like in this moment, right? Mm-hmm. So, hmm. I would like to like walk through walls, Ooh. just to be able to walk through walls in this moment, walking through walls. And I've never answered that.
0: Before. Wow. I love and how you kind of like section it off though. Cause I feel like I know a lot of people that will just answer the same thing over and over again, yes. but it's situational. Yes. Like yes, maybe it is. I'm feeling about like, I want to be invisible at this point, yes. or maybe I want yes. to fly, or maybe yes. I want to have telekinesis. Yes. I mean, yes. it's whatever I'm feeling. Yes. It's kind of like hunger. Yeah, <laughs> like your food. Like, yes. Yes. I will eat whatever I'm feeling like That's wanting right. to eat right now.
1: <laughs> that It's a lot of the reason I don't go shopping for a week. Like there's some mm. stuff like, like Staples Yes. breakfast you know like different choices for breakfast yes but you know in terms of like the meal of the day <laughs> I I have no clue I have to go to the grocery store that day you know in some cases hey oh my
0: just, gosh I love I mean. it <laughs> yes and I can't believe I also just compared food to superhero powers but that's okay
1: <laughs> there's a
0: reason <laughs> I mean
1: because it's it's nerd empowerment is nourishment to someone who has big things in front of them so Mm. it is as much as breathing and praying and doing all those things that we do at the core of our being at the core of our being there's a level of power that we have that other people don't walk the road to develop
0: Mm. so good yes um well once again as we move forward into this conversation, thank you so much for coming on. I am so excited for people to get to hear your wisdom and encouragement, and uh, so much. Like I just love you so much. Um, You're awesome. You're oh, an awesome person. You. I appreciate that. I am that. honored.
1: I'm not kidding. I don't say that to just anybody. <laughs> I'm honored
0: um,
1: to be talking to you. Talking aw. with you.
0: Thank you. Thank you, friend. So, one of the reasons as to why I wanted to bring you on the podcast is to share the work that you're doing Mm -hmm. around the anti racism conversation. So, specifically, how to navigate conflict, where we can find places to build bridges, and if and when we need to walk away from a conversation or unsafe relationship. Um, So, for those listening, I'd love for us to start by you sharing a little bit about your work, what it is, and why you got involved.
1: Well, um, I got involved kind of in college and just um, really just immersed myself in everything I could read about history, about, cause I've been a history social studies person ever since, you know, I've been in formal education. Mm-hmm. And um, and then being from Jamaica and some of my uncles are Rastafarians, they're Christian Rastafarian, you know, cause their father was a pastor. So, you know, um, they, they just all, my family just always talked about social issues and history and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And then um, I, I just felt like I I kept talking to my friend um, about getting off the bench, because I felt like I had benched myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, you know, because to be waiting 30 years for this critical mass of people to be interested in this topic that's at the root and core of like one of your justice, like anointings, you know, like every, I feel like everyone's anointed to make some kind of change in the world. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I feel like this is one of those issues, like people being in unity, but not skipping over the problems. Right. Mm-hmm. And I felt because I had this unique perspective, I wasn't angry still like in my, you know, like when I was in my twenties and I don't even know that I was seriously angry when I was in my twenties, but I was definitely impatient. And, um, and I knew everything, trust and believe that, you know, not that I was arrogant necessarily, but mm-hmm. just that I was um certain of my physical ability and my Intellectual ability and any other ability that can be abused, if you want to abuse it. But one of the things I wanted to do and felt convicted to do was to live my life with honor, in a way that I could look in the mirror and look at anyone who loves me for real, and and reflect on my life in that way. So that's why I got involved. My work is to open up people's conversation around this to allow them to have a voice where they didn't have a voice. Mm-hmm. And this is for anyone i, I I've, I'm adopting resma Men- uh, Menachem's approach about looking at white bodies and black bodies and brown bodies, you know, bodies of color or cult- c- bodies of culture as he says and um, and he talks about, you know, I only wanna do this work if it makes a positive ripple in the world, if it can change people's lives, if it could inspire them to understand that something other than what they've been handed is possible.
0: Mm.
1: And what this is just another one of those subjects, mm. racism, isms, you know, where there's a systemic approach that um, selects against people who have dignity and have humanity. Mm. That's how it is in my heart. That's how I think about it. Everybody expresses their relationship to it and their understanding of it differently, but I definitely see it as a system. What I'm interested in addressing is a system, but the system is made up of people. So if I can get people in a group where they are developing their voice around this conversation, versus the silence and the, it's like a frozen silence that some people have. Right. Mm -hmm. And then some people have the rage of, you know, denied justice generation upon generation. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, the rage is understandable. Yeah. You know, if you haven't had ways that are healthy to discharge your rage, I hate to say this, but (sighs) okay, this is a youth initiative that I'm speaking to today. And um, I drove home from work and I was parking and I saw these young people literally fighting in the parking lot of my apartment. I've never seen that in the almost three and a half years that I've lived here. It's been very quiet. I'm, I'm not even judging it. It's not even about that. I literally sought the Lord in that moment, because normally what I would do is I would go up there and talk to them and find out why they're expressing themselves that way and have them think about other ways that they could choose to deal with whatever it is that they're trying to work out in that way. But what I was supposed to see was the truth of that situation was the the pain, the rage that people are taking out on each other. And it's been a very, 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 very long time Mm -hmm. since I've like engaged that dynamic, not even knowingly, because obviously no one knowingly, well, I don't know. I'd imagine no one would want to knowingly engage that. But this is why I'm doing this work, because if people don't get healed, and I'm not a healer, like I think that the talking, like I'm a verbal processor, Mm -hmm. and I see that sometimes people... You know, the power of small groups, you know how the church has small groups because Mm -hmm. they're very effective. That, you know, testimony service are very effective. We're hearing other human beings talk about their experience. And then you're also developing your own language because you're trying out your speech and your Mm -hmm. ability to speak on the subject, especially a hidden subject like racism, like sexism. You know, people are talking about sexism a lot more especially since the 70s, patriarchy and all of that. But what we're not talking about is the real serious roots of racism. And that's why I'm doing this work. That's why I came off the bench.
0: Thank you so much for being honest about that. And there's so many different things that you said where I was like, yes, like it's so important for, especially like youth to be able to see someone come on um, and share their, not only just their thoughts, but also like their own experiences when it comes to this issue just because I've had a couple people come on and talk about it and there's so many things that we can talk under when it comes to the umbrella of racism um but even just starting the conversation and how I'm super honest and saying like I was scared to start this conversation at first too because I'm white I've never experienced racism I'm still learning this is a process and a lot of what I want other people to see is like, it really is just starting the conversation. Like, and it's starting to uncover the truth of why do people feel these things? Why are these things happening? And not being afraid to look at it and recognize like things that I could be doing better. It really just comes down to those honest conversations, that honesty that you have and reflection that you have with yourself and other people. Um, But yeah, it does start with finding that core group too. Yeah. And,
1: and the thing is, is that, like, once you create that safe space for yourself, then you can branch out and you can try out other conversations, people will see a change in you or a, a quality in you and just come up and start talking to you this is, I'm reflecting on some of the stuff people have told me that are in the group that you know that are meeting there's there's the Facebook group anti-racism education and then there's then that's like 200 and something people and then there's a Wednesday night group of people who are reading a particular book with me and -hmm. discussing chapter by chapter the the ideas that they see there and I, I and I have a bunch and I you know throw those into the mix as you know as I'm led to and it's pretty it's pretty powerful I I mean I I I've wanted to quit several times but I'm sure we'll get to that um, yeah. But uh, one of the things I think about this, though, Sydney, I want to say to you is that um, as a young person, especially as a young woman, mm-hmm. you have two feet in this dynamic. You have you like everybody may if you look inside as as a human, but you don't have to look far because I think that Society, the way that society is constructed, and sometimes what young women experience, especially young women leaders experience, mm-hmm. not in your family because I see how you're bolstered in that environment, but when you go out from there, you know what I mean. And I know you've even been received well by people, so that's not not uh, setting that aside whatsoever, having that be the bouquet, but mm-hmm. understanding that there's that there were some thorns and some other things that you mm-hmm. know were part of that journey and so you have an entree to this conversation you could be white bodied but you have experienced you know things i'm sure that you had to heal from that you you know that hurt you that um you know struck at the core of your being because when you have purpose this that's part of the journey mm-hmm. but yeah a, a, a friend of mine said to me recently and a couple of weeks ago, she goes, you know, you're right at the right place. You're exactly at the right place. Perfect problem. You know? So when you when you talk to people, you know, that are younger than you, you know, different from you, all these different awesome perspectives you can get, it's rich. That's how come I feel rich. It's not about the money I have, it's about the quality of my life and the people in it.
0: Mm, that's really good. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what's so, that's what I love so much about like where the nonprofit has come to, um, from its very beginnings. Like we're all about empathy, listening to other people, regardless of like our differences and being able to sit in those tensions and have the difficult conversations and like, see how can we better society together? Like what are ways that we can serve one another and help one another and advocate for one another and listen to one another. And um yeah even just starting these conversations there's just confirmation that we're walking in the right path and there are other people that like want to do those same things absolutely
1: too. I think that I think most human beings want to I mm-hmm. think about the people who are like the people who attacked the Capitol on January 6th yeah. now we can, we have a frame of reference because that kind of violence you know the the you know BIPOC communities have been dealing with for hundreds of years mm-hmm. you know but let's, you know, now all it's on display at the Capitol, right? Yeah. And when we think about those people, they have been fed a whole bunch of lies. Mm-hmm. And they may think that of us, you know, but the fact is, is that if we've been fed lies, are we attacking the Capitol? You know, like, that, I mean, that's kind of what I'm saying. The fruit, you got to look at the fruit of a thing, you know? Mm, yeah. And so I'm concerned because of the fruit of the thing. I'm not concerned. I, I love living in a democracy. I feel like the, a democracy is in alignment with my spiritual point of view. And I'm not saying from the standpoint of like, there's not people who take point, but not in the way that we've been taught leadership, but I don't, you know, whole nother conversation.
0: I know. So many but different conversations. I'm just gonna have to have, have you come on for another episode, or maybe a couple more. Yeah. <laughs> whatever works
1: for you and me. <laughs> that works. For, that that's great. What I'll just say this one thing about leadership. Mm. Resma says Resma Menachem, Um, I heard him. He's the only person I've heard say this. But um, there is dominance leadership, and then leadership that arises out of the community, mm-hmm. and leadership that rises out of of a community is to me righteous leadership, dominance leadership, where I come in and I'm like, I'm in charge now, you know, that's to me, ungodly leadership (laughs) because, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm not going to, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, what's the point too, like, if we're not encouraging one another to like take action and advocate in our own ways, nothing's going to change.
1: (laughs) It's, yep. It's not about big willy leadership. Right. Leadership is for the media. Okay. And there is a place for that. But leadership is how do I govern my life? How do the people in my life see me live? And that doesn't mean being perfect all the time. It means like in my most broken state, am I willing and vulnerable enough to share the real deal journey? Because we've set people up with this idea of this journey of called life that is a fallacy. And people are lost for solutions but most of all they're lost for inspiration because that is you don't have to give somebody a solution if you give them inspiration they will find the right solution Mm -hmm. that's what I've noticed I don't try to give people answers I help people unfold the answers that are within them
0: wow yes yeah I mean that's how I want to live too like I don't, I don't, I don't pretend to have the answers. I think that's why that's kind of what I try to say, like in every situation that I'm in, just like, I have no idea what I'm doing half of the time, over half of the time, but that's okay because life is a learning process. And if we can kind of free each other and encourage each other in that, I think it will just be a so like a healthier place to just be honest and have more of these conversations.
1: I think this is why, like, I think I, I've been tested 50-50, right brain, left brain thing. Yeah. And that's why, that's where I lean with artists because mm-hmm. artists just allow themselves to just let things unfold. Mm-hmm. and um, And then the analytical side of me can plan and have all of, you know, a plan out for something. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's the adventure. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, our society, is not set up for people to experience the adventure of life. So people go out and do adventurous things because they want to feel that adventure. But to me, the adventure is the adventure of speaking into and speaking with and sitting with and being with human beings. Mm
0: -hmm. That's adventure. Yeah. To me. Yes. And it's so life-giving too. Yes.
1: Yeah. 100%. Right. 100%. Because it is, it is. If it if it if it's not toxic, it is life giving. Right. And it does. Like I told my friend the other day, you could be a glimmer of hope. You don't have to be the lighthouse all the time. Sometimes, hey, I just have this, this little tiny light, but I'll share it with you. You know, kind of thing. And yeah. then you know, and then sometimes it's like big and huge, and you're moving a lot of people, and that's wonderful too but it's not all that. Everybody wants to kind of like always have this, this view of life where like you're a celebrity. And Mm -hmm. I think the celebrity thing is kind of crazy. And I have a lot of friends that are well-known people Mm -hmm. and there's difference between, again, arising out of a community and becoming well-known for your good works or just being a jerk, right? But also, what, how do we toxify it? Because that's the thing. That's how you get poisoned is Mm -hmm. by taking something that's good, you know, organically good and twisting it and making it something that's not exactly the same organically good, Mm. you know, where publicists are involved and they're crafting your, your brand and all that kind of stuff. I'm not saying that's bad. There's nothing. I don't think that's bad but what it does to people it's like grounding people in their humanity because everything in our society so far not everything everything i'm being hyperbolic but so many things in our society pull us away from our humanity and demand us to be away from our humanity and we can be engaged in anything and bring our humanity to it that's what i see you doing sydney that every single thing you're doing you're a real human being doing it being it Mm. that's what that's what you're it's it's just it's a great example and not and I hate to say those words because those words have been used like as a pedestal and I don't mean it as a pedestal I mean it as a walking epistle
0: Mm. thank you I really appreciate that yeah
1: Yeah. you know Mm. some people will want to pick up the book and read it some people won't but it's it's an an available resource. Thank you. so yeah
0: okay yeah we'll definitely have to fur this conversation another episode because there's so many different I'm things i'm so
1: long-winded too i i
0: love it no i love it <laughs> this is what having like a raw honest is about there are tangents yeah. and that's okay and it's awesome and you learn so much more about a person and it's beautiful so i really appreciate that um so the next thing I would love for us to spend some time talking about what anti-racism is. Yes. Um, I mm-hmm. know my own family, my parents have taken a lot of classes mm-hmm. and helped facilitate groups about mm-hmm. this topic. Mm-hmm. And my mom and I participated in a class last year about the history of racism in the U S with mm-hmm. a professor in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've personally learned a lot over the last couple of years however we also know a lot of people who know very little about what the anti-racism movement is about or they have very strong feelings about the work being done in this area but personally when i've had conversations with a lot of these people i found that their understanding of anti-racism isn't reflective of what it truly is so i'd love to talk more about what the anti-racism movement is about in some of the stumbling blocks we're finding Mm -hmm. in our culture when it comes to furthering this conversation? So,
1: so anti-racism is basically engaging in life, thus that we build a society that is equitable. Mm-hmm. It, also, it also bodes equality, but it's equitable at the least, because equity is where we all, don't all need the same thing, but we're able to look into a certain situation and scoop up a whole demographic of people and give them humanity because like you said you you've done the history of the united states and you know the common thread through all of that oppression is you first have to make that person not a human and even as i watched you know i watched the expanse i i've watched a lot of different kinds of, you know, programming. Mm -hmm. And as I watch it, one of the things that I see is that the first step is to make somebody else an other. And so anti-racism is to bring awareness of what the history has been to our conversations. And I, you know, one of the things that has frustrated people in our group, but not, you know, recently people have gotten used to this about me but people literally showed up to the group when i first started it probably in the first 3 or 6 months you know they're like okay what are the rules you know that they weren't saying necessarily those words but mm-hmm. that's what they wanted they wanted the rules mm-hmm. there's no rules and that's this this is my opinion you know like <clears throat> this is how i live i know okay yoda is one of my favorite characters also yes so um and there really aren't any rules there is relationship with people so like when people go do black people want to be called or this or that like m- one of my college mentors you know he does he bristles every time I say black he would rather me say African but the thing is is that but I feel black mm-hmm. you know not me personally I'm feeling about this situation that we're in the word black, because we can get to Africa, but we need to get to black because black is this idea that is the most marginalized. Because one of the things that I, um, and I am i don't really have a list, but I can say off the top of my head, one of the things I look for when I sit with people about this conversation called race is if they don't acknowledge the power power hierarchy of race, I just don't have time. Just honestly, mm-hmm. because if you don't, if you don't wrestle with the power hierarchy, then you don't understand anything else about what goes on with race. Because the the, the pain of it is excruciating mm-hmm. for someone who lives in poverty, who is black and female and uneducated, and da 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 on and on and on. Okay. But there are too many of those people in our society because we're okay with it. Mm. And I'm not saying you and I are okay with it, Mm. but as a collective, we are, are okay with it. Mm. See, as much as we are taught that we are individuals, we are also part of a collective because nothing moves in any society, whether it's authoritarian or whatever, in any society, unless there's a critical mass. And when you're an authoritarian, you really only need to be one person, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. so you just have to be good at manipulating the rest of the people. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so a critical mass of one is an authoritarian system, but a democracy is a a critical mass of the majority, Mm -hmm. you know. So when we're talking about anti-racism and we're talking about this work, it has to be done in the perspective of history, number one. And number two, it has to be, it has to reckon with power. Mm-hmm. And to me, those are the those those are the two salient qualities of anti-racism. And I'm reflecting on Dr. Ibram Kendi's work about that because there was another book and another author, Neely Fuller's book, that I really loved on the conversation of racism because it sure it surely dealt with it as a systemic situation. Mm-hmm. But then Dr. Kendi's book takes it right down to the This is the life of someone who's walked through racism. Mm -hmm. And it's powerful. I mean, a lot of people are frustrated by it because it's not like beating people up and no one is off the hook in this man's book, no one. I, I love that he said that Black people can participate in racism. That's one of the things Neely Fuller said, but he said it even better because we also do not exercise power in places we have power. Mm -hmm. but that's a whole other conversation
0: no yeah I really appreciate um I really appreciate what you said and honored that you're wanting to come on and have this conversation too I think like even just with my own experiences I think I lead back to my own experiences because that's where so many people kind of sit in their tension um because even I'm still trying to learn like how to walk out anti-racism it's different for every single person kind of like the beginning of what you said answering that other question when you were talking about how the professor was like oh like i feel more oh african versus black Black. yeah Mm yeah but how like Mm -hmm. everyone identifies differently yes um Mm -hmm. and how there's not like there shouldn't be rules to this conversation and it's more about relationship yeah because because of how everyone views different like everything differently. But once you get to know someone who has experienced these things, who has experienced racism, you're able to like see their humanity and sit in that with them and like love them the way that they need to be loved.
1: And it's about honoring a person's journey because the reality is that, um, so 30 years ago, I got woke. There was somebody who's been woke for 40, 50, you know, 90, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. But the reality is I don't need to measure myself in that way. Comparison is not a. I mean, I I like healthy competition, you know, but not that striving crazy kind of competition, mm. right? Yeah. Or or self criticism where you just never are good enough. There's never a point to go. Oh, I did that, you know. Like, yeah, I I do celebrate. I celebrate parking spaces. Okay. Mm. I don't take. I don't take life for granted, you know, and not because I hold on to life or what I consider the afterlife. I don't hold on to any of it. I'm right here right now. And so the reality is if we honor each other's journey, we'd understand that once I was there, or maybe I've never been there, but the first step in that is understanding worldview. Mm -hmm. That every single human being that you see has a worldview. A baby has a worldview. And a worldview is just the lens you see the world through. Mm -hmm. So the baby's worldview is poop and, you know, food and hugs and all these different things, right? (laughs) And then as we get older, our worldviews become more complex Mm -hmm. and, but becoming more invisible. Because a lot of, in a lot of ways we construct our life to like be an echo chamber yeah. for ourselves. Yeah. Um, a lot of us do, um, but if we are able to, um, and that's one of the things we do in the group, people are able to hear, it gets slowed down so much that they hear their normal reaction versus what they want to be thinking and saying. And they don't get shamed for having those reactions. They handle them themselves, a lot of them. They're blowing my mind, to be honest. These people are amazing. Mm -hmm. But if you give people space to be themselves and be on their journey and know what they know and don't know what they don't know and give them room to learn it if they want to, I mean, amazing things can happen, Mm -hmm. but we don't do that. We have like standards that are are our own personal convictions that we want to impose on other people. And for me, for me, I, that's not any way to live. I just don't. There's nothing in that for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I know worldviews has been something that we've been talking more and more about. I just, just because I think like you have more of an understanding for where someone's come from. um, And I think it's easier to show compassion and kindness to others when you have that understanding or what do you see like how their worldview has shaped their entire lives um and so I think that's something that I try to push especially with youth I mean having these conversations is not easy for anyone but especially for youth who are trying to navigate like all these different parts of life um including myself I am still learning how to navigate things and it's going to be a learning process for the rest of my life but I do try to Hold on to the fact that everyone has a different way of viewing the world and viewing other people, viewing societal issues. Like, and I think when we come to that understanding where not everyone sees the same way, you know, like yeah. that will at least help the conversation move a little better. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. And and give people space to learn. Mm. So, the best thing that I can do with someone who thinks differently than me is share with them my point of view, but in love, not in trying to get them to get it. But, you know, like when somebody's coming at me about whatever, I'm like, well, here's what I consider in all of that. And you don't have to. I'm just telling you what I consider in all of that. And mm-hmm. I hold it dear to my heart and I live by that. And that's just my general answer, no matter what the topic yeah. is.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's something a lot of people should live by but it's so hard it is incredibly difficult yes yeah
1: well we have to we actually um we have to check our ego we have to be able to hear like i i don't know everything that's horrible about me because for every human being you know i i want to say it was carolyn meese that i heard say this Mm -hmm. but um you're a villain in someone's story You can be a villain because you're that person that they could never beat. Like there's some, I found out there was somebody that I kind of grew up around that, you know, was actually didn't like me because they could never beat me in track. Can't do anything about that. Mm -hmm. I can love the person. I don't even have to bring them into my bosom even. But I do honor that if that's what, life has been about for you i can see how you feel that way yeah and i'm going to continue to be me Mm. i haven't run on a track in a long time but
0: yeah i used to do track too running's not my favorite thing in the world (laughs) not at all in a
1: pool maybe
0: (laughs) yes yeah yes Uh Yes. i used to do some too so i get that yeah yeah thank you for sharing that yeah um but as we kind of wrap things up Mm -hmm. You don't have to spend much time on the internet to Mm -hmm. see that racism and anti-racism education have become divisive topics in our culture. And at Be the Change Youth Initiative, we believe community is important. As well as creating opportunities in spaces to hold conversations for topics that are causing division. Mm-hmm. Some people refer to this as building bridges, mm-hmm. and we're huge advocates of this, mm-hmm. but sometimes you just can't for a lot of different reasons. And I'd love for you to share number one, what your experiences have been mm-hmm. when it comes to being successful in having these conversations, um, two, advice on when we should walk away from them, and three, your hope for the future. Okay.
1: Well, I can reflect on many 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 conversations that wouldn't look like they would come out well. Mm-hmm. They might even started what I've learned to call ugly, you know, the yeah. southern view of, you know, "quote unquote" bad behavior. Mm-hmm. But um I check in with myself first, always. Like not always have, but like always reliable to do that now. I I think it's very important to know where you are at every moment. So, and let me unpack that. So if I know where I am is tired, hungry, like my my hunger doesn't really rule me, to be honest with you, but you know, any of those basic carnal desires that most um human beings. Are ruled by, right? Mm-hmm. If I, if I in any way feel reactive to what the person's saying, I'm just not going to engage the conversation because I'm not going to be my best self in it. Now, does that mean that that's always the case? No. I definitely like, I have definitely engaged in conversations far past mm-hmm. healthy. And not even necessarily me tearing someone else down, but standing for someone else, like going off on me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I think that at every stage in a person's life, whether it be a minute stage or it's over years stage or mm-hmm. a month stage, the thing is, is that you need to know where you are because that is going to dictate what your capacity is mm-hmm. in that moment. So, so one thing that I do not do, this is Dean's values system, right? I do not play with evil. Mm. And there's a difference between flawed humanity and evil. Um, and for me, an example of evil is um, someone who wants to hurt someone else because of their own petty desires. I find that evil. So I'm not going to expend my energy, my gifts, my time, my inner, you know, like just any of those resources that are like, they're replaceable, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I think that they're valuable. So when I see that someone's operating in bad faith. Okay. I'll leave you where I found you is the approach to that. Mm -hmm. They may not even see that they're operating in bad faith. I'm not even mad at them when I leave them where I found them. I just Mm -hmm. like, not that one. Like another same friend, the same one who's like, you're in the perfect place. This is the same friend that said to me that um, you're just sorting through your life. It doesn't like, I, for the longest time, when I dated someone and they just turned out to be the wrong person, I never made them the wrong person on the planet, which a lot of us do. I just go, they're not the right person for me. I know that there's somebody out there for them. So why continue the pain kind of, yeah.
0: you know? yeah. Because
1: you'll know, I think that, you, I, This is, I believe your people, you're drawn to your people. Your people are drawn to you.
0: Hmm.
1: My hope for the future is that we build an equitable society Hmm. because we can, and we're wasting our gifts, not doing that. Engaging greed, failing the bully test. I, you know, that's something that I say that people fail the bully test. All of us went through the bully test and we all chose how we deal with bullies and we live that out for the rest of our lives. Most mm-hmm. of us. And it's why our society is, you know, at the level that it's at. Because we stay on that course because it worked. It worked then, it's gonna work now. <laughs> you know, no, no in-the-moment thinking, no, you know, innovation. But my hope for the future is I one, I have a lot of hope for the future. I thank young people like you. I thank young people that are making it possible to wear my hair any kind of way I want to wear it to work. I Mm -hmm. thank young people because I can talk about race and take this time to talk with you about it. And Mm -hmm. that I'm not feeling like I'm going to be vilified because I'm not saying anything radical, but the very same words I'm saying today would have been seen as radical when I started Mm -hmm. talking about this and thinking about this. In a very formal way i think i answered all three of your last questions but if i missed yeah. the middle one or anything let me know
0: no i mean it was what experiences and then advice on when we should walk away from them and you talked about the difference of evil and bad what faith. was it yes Both operating
1: yeah. in bad faith yeah mm-hmm. yes
0: and yeah. then your hope for the future yeah. so
1: let me say this about flawed humanity yes you still get to choose who like one of the things that confirmed to me that I love someone is I love the whole person. Mm-hmm. I don't love them conveniently because you know, they do something for me. i I see the quote unquote, somebody once asked me, "You know what's the dark side of the moon when it comes to me?" I was like, "You're gonna have to ask other people because what your experience might be might be different than someone else's experience, mm-hmm. But everyone has that quality. And people who love you for real, they know all of that and they love you in spite of it. Not that they, co- they're not codependent to it, but they love you, you know, beyond it. Yeah. So it's not that just because someone's flawed that you walk away from them, but it's not also that you just choose someone because people are flawed. No. Do you love that person? Mm. all of who they are do you like the ride that they take you on in life because everyone takes you on a ride Mm. if you're engaged with other human beings do you like the ride or don't you like the ride you get to choose no Mm. so Mm. and you can choose yes too it's just as freely you know but a lot of people need permission to choose no Mm.
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all that. Um, I am so thankful for people to be able to listen to your wisdom and encouragement because there's so much in this episode. I'm seriously honored to know you and to call you friends. Um, I thank you for walking out this learning process with me and doing it like to the point where I'm just just in awe of your presence and being able to just have these conversations with you. It's really important for me to have people in my life that do push me to become a better human and to have these difficult conversations, even though they're difficult. So I am just so thankful for you. Um, Is there anything else that you would like to say last piece of encouragement before we end the conversation?
1: I just look forward to what this new generation is going to bring that working in cooperation with the elders that are still around and the history that we're discovering some of us and some of us have been living um we're we i don't believe that we're going backward i believe that it looks like you know these attacks on voting all of these Mm -hmm. things don't get shook behind those things anybody Mm -hmm. who's listening to this you know don't get shook behind what you see just keep doing the work you're called to do regardless of all the seasons
0: Mm. thank you the seasons
1: change but the work doesn't
0: yes yeah i know i'm more and more encouraged whenever especially in chattanooga i found so many people who like when it comes to this conversation like holding those people close and being able to talk about what would having these conversations in these groups look like and I think the more that I become part of that and I see more people take initiative in starting groups or facilitating groups or having these conversations or just wanting to talk about it yes. Um, the more I'm encouraged in seeing changes coming and even though it's a lot of work if we work together I mean I believe that we can change the world yes. regardless yes. but it does it does take that faith and that hope that a lot of us are so like it's just hard to hold on to sometimes. So
1: there is a web of us. It's mm. not a critical mass in one place. There's a web of us and slowly, but surely the ripples will continue. Mm. I, I, Yeah. It's good for all of us. It's not just good for a few of us. It's mm. good for all of us. So awesome. we can have that. That is a lie that we can't have that.
0: Mm. Mm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I am so excited for this conversation. Yeah. Thank um, you. Love you so much. This was awesome. I love you
1: too. I love you too. I love your work. Keep it up.
0: Thank you. And for those listening, we will see you guys next week on the Wonder Podcast.